Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis and psychedelics industries forward. This week, Ann and Nick are back with a new episode with Olivia Mannix, founder and CEO of Felicity Pharma, a biotech company focused on drug development for the treatment of mood disorders in women, working with novel compounds to create solutions for various female-specific disorders. After founding one of the first ancillary cannabis marketing companies, Cannabrand, in 2013, Olivia pivoted to the psychedelics industry in 2020 with a focus on utilizing psychedelic compounds to develop targeted female therapeutics and to address the urgent medical needs of women with hormone-related mood disorders, overlooked by modern medicine. In this episode, our hosts chat with Olivia about her entry into the psychedelic space, where Felicity Pharma is at with its current research and funding to date, as well as the appalling lack of inclusion women face in the drug development process. In addition, this episode covers breaking the stigma and fears around psychedelics for new patients and the unique biological factors that come into play when researching and testing drugs specifically targeted for women. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Olivia Mannix of Felicity Pharma. Uh, hi, Nick. It's hey. good to be podcasting with you. I feel like it's been a hot minute. Um, but before we get started, I just wanted to read something um, before we talk to our, our next guest, Olivia Mannix. Um, this was put out by the NIH um, in 2020. Uh, in the past, women were not included in most clinical research. This was often based on two notions. One, that women are more biologically complicated than men. And two, as primary caregivers of young children, a woman has too many compelling time demands to participate in research studies. More than two decades ago, the NIH established the Office of Research on Women's Health in recognition that excluding specific subgroups from research produces knowledge that not only helps a portion of the that that only helps a portion of the public. So, in 1991. 1991, not really that long ago, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Service established, Services established the Office of Women's Health to ensure that broader public health issues related to sex and gender were addressed. So kind of with that backdrop is really how I want to um, start the conversation off with our next guest, um, Olivia Mannix from uh, Felicity Pharma. So um, welcome to the pod. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Olivia, and how did you get here? Great. Thanks, Ann and Nick, for having me today. Um, so I got here actually uh, via the cannabis space. Um, I started one of the first ancillary companies in the cannabis industry back in 2013 uh, here in Denver, Colorado, right before adult use went legal. Um, legalization was on the, the the ballot amendment 64, if you guys remember that. Um and I saw that there was a great need for branding and marketing in the cannabis sector and launched an agency called Cannabrand. Um, and from there, I also worked with and, and created um, 
a, a SaaS platform um, for 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 sales in the the cannabis space um, and a few other companies. Um, and I pivoted into the psychedelic sector in t- uh, 2020 and was introduced. What a great time. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So just, you know, the, the epitome of, you know, the crisis that we all went through the, and really the mental health, you know, bringing mental health to light really of just, you know, people being isolated. And, and, and I mean, there's been obviously mental health issues for years and years and years, but it was really a time to highlight the need for um, psychedelic medicine. Um, so I was, um, introduced to a group and, and, uh, through a, through a VC group and started, uh, Felicity Pharma. Um, so we are the leading uh, drug development company in the psychedelic sector for women's health. Um, there, as you mentioned earlier, there's been really little to no innovation in women's health in the past 30 years, um, because women have been, um, traditionally excluded from clinical trials due to um, hormonal fluctuations, menstrual cycle, what have you. Um, so we're here to really change the game and create medicine and, and prescription drugs um, and create medicine and prescription drugs around uh, psychedelics and, and women's health. Can you talk uh, a little bit about um what indications you guys are, are, are specific, you guys, you women <laughs> are, are, are specifically looking at? Absolutely. So we're, we're looking at, or we're actually designing a trial right now for PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Uh, this affects around 12% of women globally. It is a very severe type of PMS um, that includes major depression, anxiety, um, aches and pains, um, am- amongst other symptoms. Um, and actually 30% of PMDD patients will attempt suicide. Um, this is a, an indication that's very rarely talked about. Um, you know, I myself have really just learned about it in the past couple of years as we've started to really dig into it. Um, we're, we're really confident that psychedelic medicine um, will be a, a great solution for these ailments, um, specifically because the only drugs that are prescribed now are SSRIs. So your antidepressants, your mm-hmm. Zoloft, your Paxils, what have you. Um, and, you know, with some recent news and such, um, there's been information about those drugs not necessarily working. Yeah. They're actually being other ways that... Nice um, that we know now. Thanks. I know. <laughs> right. So... We're, we're, we're excited to be um, starting these trials soon um, and just really getting some positive signals. Um, so the other indication that we're looking at is HSDD, if that's hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And this is the lack of sexual desire. Um, this doesn't just affect uh, menopausal and late women. It actually affects women of all reproductive age um, and basically, we also found that there are uh, positive benefits from psychedelic medicine as well, and just we're excited to to develop some some medicine around this. I I'm really interested in, in talking with you about this, Olivia, because like Anne said, kind of at the at the top of our call, we've been in the the psychedelic space for now about four years, and that's led to a lot of conversations with my mom and my sister about like you know whether for anxiety or for depression or different 
um, symptoms that they're feeling um, that they've been curious about psychedelics, but they're very much less they're let's say less progressive than I am where it's like, I'm more like, yeah, I'll try this. Like I'll, I'll look at these treatment protocols and see like, yeah, could this be something for me? They're a little bit more nervous. And I suspect that that's not something that's unique. I bet there's a lot of the people that just are new to this and are unsure if this is going to be something that works for them. How do you talk to, you know, women that are being introduced to this for the first time and kind of reduce that stigma around these psychedelic therapies? Sure. That's a great question. So one positive thing I think about going the drug development, um, you know, quasi pharma route is that we're going to be developing drugs that are, um, that have gone through trials that that have safety, efficacy, um, all these things proven before they're put on the market. And the consistency of these drugs will be the same, obviously. So this isn't just, you know, getting mushroom, getting some mushrooms or MDMA from a friend and and hoping it works and, you know, hoping that you're taking the correct dose or something. This is actually, you know, an approved FDA drug that or an FDA approved drug that you're taking under the guidance and support of a physician as well as a psychologist as well as a psychologist um, or psychotherapist. And so I, I feel that this this approach really creates um, an opportunity for 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 patients to feel safe and to know that it's gone through the trials that you know, lots of different types of people have, have tried them and that they've been, um, have had, that they've had positive outcomes. So uh, I think that this angle is really interesting because a lot of times, you know, people will ask me like, you know, why can I just mic- microdose or, or take, you know, these, uh, plant medicine and, and just psychedelics in general, you know, on my own. And why, why would I need to go get a prescription? Uh, but that that really just creates sort of a buffer. Um, not to say that you can't <laughs> go and take psychedelics as you wish, but that, that that's scary for some people that aren't, you know, that don't want to take something that's not, um, you know, a little bit more uh, regulated. Uh, the maps approach um, is unique, um, certainly for the FDA, um, in that it pairs um, the the. Uh, MDMA assisted psychotherapy in the protocol. So the therapy is, is really important. So, um, is that an approach you guys are taking too, or is it, um, is it more, um, an at home therapy or something that a doctor can prescribe for you? Um, or is it all of those things? Yeah, great question. So the first stage, um, will be the, the assisted therapy. So it will be a macro dose of the psychedelic candidate, um, with, under the guidance of a, a psychotherapist, um, there'll be screening on the front end, on the back end. Um, it'll be about a six to eight hour session where you're going through, um, your journey, um, as well as just ha- working through your issues, uh, with the psychotherapist and really having some resolve there. Um, and really just getting to the root of the issues and, and why these mental ailments are coming up and, and these physical problems as well. Um, and then we're, we, we're definitely considering um, doing more of an at-home uh, 
drug at some point, but we have to go through the FDA process of uh, larger doses to start. Um, as I'm sure you know, Olivia, our audience is very retail investor focused. And so I think a big question that we have is, you know, you know, how is Felicity Pharma funded? And, you know, what's your experience been so far in, in trying to raise money to support your, your mission? Yeah. So as you know, you know and listeners know, the, the capital markets have been pretty chaotic. Um, and also the, the psychedelic sector, I think really it started to dip off really in the spring. Um, I think it's starting to make a rise again. I think that, you know, all the companies that are in the space have been making great strides with positive uh, momentum. Um, I think that in terms of um, they're just being, you know, just better outcomes will 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 yield again in the markets. I think they're going to really turn around um, here. And how is it? I imagine there's a lot of men in these rooms. How is it educating them on on this need for these female focused um, treatment protocols? Yeah, um, it, it's been really interesting. You know, I think that they're very. Um, open to understanding. I think that a lot of people have been affected by these disorders, um, whether it's a family, a friend, a just someone close to them. So there's a lot of positive uh, receptiveness to it. Um, and oh, actually, to answer your question earlier, we're actually pretty close to closing our, our round. Um, we're raising uh, 1.5 with a $5 million pre-money um, and that will be able to cover um, the first trial. Is this A, the A round? Uh, this is actually our seed round. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Uh, you know, the the market has been really um, a, a wild ride. And, you know, we talk with people who uh, are looking to go public, looking to stay private, um, you know, and everywhere kind of in between. Uh, looking ahead a year, where do you guys see yourselves? I keep saying guys, and I'm super fair. I'm just so aware of how gendered that word is, and I don't mean it. <laughs> That's fine. Actually, we have some great men on our team. Um, our COO um, is um, Tom Durazo. He's um, he's been in the biotech space for a very long time, over 20 years. He was the former COO of Trip Therapeutics. Yep. Um, and then we have Dr. Andrew Sage. Um, he. Um, he's a physician, um, and he was also responsible for, or he was with GW Pharma. He was their international CMO, and he was responsible for bringing um, the one and only uh, CBD um, Epidiolex drug for Jarrett syndrome through the FDA process. Um, and no small feet. <laughs> right, exactly. And then, um, and then my partner is an incredible female. Uh, Dr. Gigi Ku, she's a physician of 25 years, um, uh, Mount Sinai trained in traumatic brain injury. So she's really uh, a whiz when it comes to creating the patents that we have around um, our indications and just really leading, taking charge on the science program for us. Um, so, and so what was your question? Oh, so it was um, the public versus private. Where are you guys going to be in a year? Yeah. yeah. So basically there's three ways for a company like us to go. So number one would be to, to just take it through fully funded. So that would be just going through all the rounds, going through all the trials, you know, we're raising, we would have to raise, you know, hundreds of millions hundreds of, of millions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
The next, um, the next instance would be to go public. Um, generally with a company like ours, we would possibly go through Canadian exchange, um, you know, in a perfect world going straight to NASDAQ would be excellent, but I, you know, we have to go through some of the different regulatory processes to do so. That's something that's definitely on the horizon. We've been approached by um, several companies that have been looking to potentially partner with us that are public. Um, so that's definitely viable. And then um, the third is really just being uh, pipeline to big pharma. Um, as you, as we all know, big pharma is the largest industry in the world, billion dollar space. Um, a lot of the pharma companies need pipeline. They need innovation. So potentially we would uh, partner or, or be acquired by a larger pharma company. So those are the, the three ways. One of the things that uh, here at the Green Rush and at KCSA we've been really curious about as we've been following the psychedelics industry is what's going to happen in Oregon and what are you know these different firms across the industry, what are their plans for entering the Oregon market? Um, so I'm interested, Olivia, do you have any sights on you know entering Oregon in 2023 and taking advantage of kind of the, the new rules that are going to be there that are going to open up the marketplace there? Yeah, and just to remind me and the listeners, so with Oregon, that is that is more on the um, rec legalization side of and things. Decrim, yeah, decrim. Okay, so you know, <laughs> this is a sensitive subject for me because I, you know, coming from the cannabis sector, uh, I've seen just the, the 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 way that the industry has been created, just the 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 momentous amount of cannabis brands that there are now, you know, if you go into a dispensary, especially in California, there are hundreds of brands on the shelves. There's just, it's so difficult to choose which companies to buy and, and, and the companies really have to fight for that market space. Um, you know, and I, I originally was really focused on the medical side of, you know, medical marijuana. There's just so many positive things that, that come out of that, obviously. Um, in pertaining to psychedelics, I'm I'm a little torn because, as I mentioned earlier, I think that people um, I think people need the the psychoactive therapy paired with the psychedelic. I think that there needs to be you know parameters around taking psychedelics because you know, you could potentially get go into a, psych, a psychotic state if you're, if you have certain disorders and you're, that are not treated and also taking psychedelics when you are on antidepressants or SSRIs could also be negative. So I think that it's sort of, um, a sketchy area for lack of better terms. Um, but I also think that it's important to legalize illicit, you know, quote unquote, illicit substances because, <laughs> People are buying them anyways. They're on the black market anyways. So I guess I, I don't really have a hard answer for that, but I know that I'm just focused on uh, creating prescription drugs mm -hmm. that are FDA approved. We've talked about that a lot on, on this podcast because um, our, you know, everyone kind of lumps cannabis and psychedelics in this group together. Um, and that's really... I understand why. And there is a lot of overlap, especially, you know, with regards to the investment community and the banks who are working in the space and also the retail investor. But the fact that um, 
psychedelics have taken this FDA scientifically backed kind of prescription model route versus the cannabis industry, which, you know, I, I had someone ask me last week, like, well, what research is being done in cannabis right now? And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't really know, especially in the U.S. I'm sure there's I know that there's studies going on in Israel and the UK and, and, um, and stuff like that. But, you know, we've decided collectively, rightly or wrongly, that cannabis is a consumer product. Um, and the way we're regulating it is very odd. Um, but you know, I, I think that to highlight that difference is really important because it takes a different, like, it takes a different amount of money. It takes a different understanding of, you know, what your money is doing and when you can decide when, when you can get a return, because if you're investing in a, in a smaller, you know, preclinical clinical stage company, you're not like it's, it's 10 years, you know, plus before you see, whereas, you know, people were excited about cannabis and, you know, the whole green rush, that's the name of our podcast. Um, so I do think that is a really interesting point that, um, there are these differences and we do need to be talking about them. Um, so they are it, it just interesting topic for us. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want to see, I mean, it, it's, I, I, I know from experience that cannabis can shrink tumors, cancer cells, et cetera. And I just really would love to see a, a I guess it would have to be an FDA approved drug out there to, to, to cure cancer. I mean, that's, and I feel like the, the way that the, the, the recreational market sort of overtook yeah. the, the medical side was, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons because obviously cannabis is much safer than alcohol and other, other things. So it's, it's been positive in that way for, for people to have safe access, but also it's just, I'd love for there to be more, more research and and such in, in, in the, in the cannabis space, but it's been just very difficult to, to get that. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to watch how the Oregon market all kind of gets up and running and then see like, okay, is this going to be a positive beacon for the industry or, or is it going to be that free for all? So, you know, ho <laughs> hopefully positive. <laughs> yeah. They'll, if, if, if it ends up happening or rec sales are legal, there will have to be mandates for, mm -hmm. Um, uh, just education uh, for brands to have to educate around, you know, what exactly the product is and what they, you know, what the consumer can expect. And that was one of the issues with cannabis was we're not allowed to um, say certain things when it comes to marketing. So I think it's like a, almost a pigeonhole. So there needs to be a way where psychedelics can, can actually just have more of an educational background and not be a, as consumer brand focused. Yeah. All right. Let's bring the, the conversation back to, to Felicity Pharma here. Um, I want to, you know, when you look through the the next couple of months or the, the couple of milestones that are upcoming for, for Felicity, like you mentioned, the, the closing of the round upcoming, what has you most excited and what is the thing that you would want investors to, to know about these next couple of months that that's really going to be exciting for Felicity Pharma? I'm really excited about uh, starting our trials and just having positive uh, uh, feedback and positive signals um, with our patients. I'm really excited about, and this is why I'm even in the psychedelic space and, and was in the can and in the cannabis space, is really to to help people. There's so many people that are suffering that are in pain, um, and there aren't solutions for them. So actually being able to 
create new products on the market, you know, prescription drugs is really going to be, it's going to make me just absolutely so incredibly happy to, to just have that feat and have that just, just, just to help people. That's what I'm all about. That's why I do what I do. And that's what I'm most excited about. You have a background in um, marketing and branding and PR. Uh, and we asked this question to a lot of our guests, but if you could write a front page story for the New York times on this market, what would, what would that story be? And what would the headline be? Oh goodness. Um, there's actually been some good stories out there in the New York times on psychedelics. So let me think here pertaining just to the psychedelic industry and as a whole, or just more on the, or uh, you or, or Felicity or what, you know, it's okay. So, question. I, yeah. 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 So let's just say, um, you know, Felicity Pharma creates, uh, novel solutions for, uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder and saves, uh, 80% of, of lives or something like that. Just something really monumental that will just give you chills that will just make your heart sing and just be so happy that, you know, we've really, we've made it and helped, helped a lot of people. I love it. Um, there was other, there was also one other quote that I wanted to read. It didn't, it didn't really fit anywhere else, but, but I just want to read it again. Like we started with a quote about, you know, uh, how, you know, women have really, you know, not been a part, an active part of, of research, but Barbara, Barbara Mikulski, um, who is a former Senator from Maryland said, uh, remember the famous study taking aspirin a day to keep a heart attack away. That study was done on 10,000 men. Not one woman was included in a, in the study of the aging process. They told her, Barbara, uh, Barbara, we're friends. I can call her that. Um, women weren't included because there wasn't a ladies room available for study participants. Yet the results of those studies were being applied to men and women. So can we assume that there's going to be a ladies room available for participants of Felicity Pharma? Yes. Everyone, okay. actually all the <laughs> patients will be women and will be working with them very carefully on just knowing their luteal cycles and, um, you, you know, any, anything that they need and, and just taking care of the women and, and just making sure that we're uh, really changing the paradigm. I love it. One last question. Tell people where they can um, find out more about you. Sure. So we are on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, just Felicity Pharma. Um, is the best uh, way to find us or Google us and then uh, FelicityPharma.com. Sounds great. Olivia Mannix, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much again for having me. Thanks again to Olivia Mannix of Felicity Pharma for joining us today. You can find out more about Felicity Pharma by visiting their website, which is found in our show notes, as well as the social channels are all going to be listed there. Again, thanks for listening to The Green Rush. Um, if you're interested in learning more about The Green Rush or KCSA Cannabis, you can go to kcsa.com or email Ann and I at greenrush at kcsa.com. You can also connect with us via our social channels, Twitter at the underscore Green Rush, Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Um, and as always, you know, send us your guest recommendations, feedback, all that stuff. We love to hear it. Um, but Ann, great to be back with you again. Yay! <laughs> All right, Shay, that was one take. One take.
るべ。